You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, sponsored by Lono Coffee. Visit LonoCoffee.com, use promo code COFFEE2020 for your discount. The more I sample their different flavors, the more I enjoy. Today, we have a packed podcast focused on name changes, ownership, and yes, some football mixed in as well. I know some of you are probably burned out by the name talk, so I did talk a little ball with Doc Walker and also John Clayton. Doc had some interesting thoughts on the name change, and then we talked some defense and a few other topics. Yes, football. I also talked with Rick Snyder, a native Washingtonian who grew up a fan and then covered the team, and he still writes about them. What does he think, and what does he say about remaining hurdles at the RFK site? It's not just about the name, folks. And there's also John Clayton for a league-wide perspective on the name and on owner Dan Snyder. How is he viewed in league circles? and more. Before I get started, do me a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating. Every little bit helps. Don't forget, you can also read me on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about the minority ownership group sale and the impact on Dan Snyder. I'll have another story on Thursday about what it entails to change a name and the brand from a lot of different perspectives. One last thing. I reported this on Tuesday, but there isn't much optimism surrounding a potential new deal for right guard Brandon Sheriff before the July 15th deadline for players who are currently on the franchise tag. After that point, as you remember with Kirk Kirk Cousins, they can no longer negotiate with Sheriff. I've never really had any optimism, optimism that a deal would get done, and after speaking with someone about this the other day, I have even less, barring a major last minute turnaround. And now, here's my conversation with former Redskin and current team broadcaster, you can hear him on the Team 980, Doc Walker. Now, I finally get to introduce the great Doc Walker, a guy everybody knows you, everybody loves you. And it's been a pleasure to listen to you over the years and to deal with you. But now I'm getting to interview you on the air. So I appreciate that. Doc, it's been Thank a you, crazy, Mark. it's been a crazy few days. And I'm just curious, as someone who has been so attached to this franchise, what your what your take on the whole name thing has been. Well, it's the dawn of a new day. It's um really in lockstep with what's going on in our country right now. Right. And, and so a lot of pages are being turned. This is one that has cropped up, you know, 40 years that I've been here. You know, there have been some ups and downs. Uh, we had Mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser on with Al Galdi and I on the Team 980 right. a couple weeks ago. And she mentioned about the federal ground that um, she thought it would be a problem. 
um, team advancing there. And that really kind of got going. I think it tagged on and became national. And then now with the sponsorship, people trying to bail, now even partners, part owners seem to be, they're looking for exit stage left. So it's the perfect storm. And then to hear Ron Rivera mention that he and Dan Snyder had actually discussed this two weeks ago. Right. That was something I didn't expect to hear. Right. Me neither. And but I like this has been so ingrained for you, though. Is it is it weird for you? Is it is it hard? Is it do you or do you say it's OK? It's going to be OK. What's your, how personally? What's it like for you? Well, you know, Doc, John, I went over a decade and right. I just referred to him as skins and burgundy gold because one Native American uh, gentleman on a plane ride to Utah, I think he was a senator or congressman. He told me that it was derogatory. And I said, oh, okay, fine. I no problem. And I stuck with that until Bobby Bethard told me about four years ago at an alumni function, you know, we had at the Gaylord that Dan Snyder had taken some of the players and alums to reservations. And he said they were three schools, high schools. And the nickname, right. it was the Redskins. Right. It blew my mind. I said, oh, okay. So they're just as confused as black people are about what they're going to be termed and what they're going to be called. You know, right. I grew up, we were colored, then we were Negroes, and we were black. I mean, right. So so, so for anybody that's not African-American to say, well, it's okay if we call you guys the Washington Spooks, you know, you, you couldn't convince me of that. That's not even for you to have a voice in. And so I felt that way that I needed to be representative of whatever was right because it wouldn't take away or tarnish any of the memories because we looked at it as a badge of honor. I was proud of that logo. Right. I saw that man the first time I ever saw it. I thought it was a black man. I said, they got a black man on a pro football team logo? I couldn't believe it. So I looked at that, and I always sense a pride. When we've had contact with some of the Native Americans, they've always seemed like it was a sense of pride for those that we had. Everybody's right. different. But I always think that, you know, if it if it infringes anybody's human rights, then I'm just as happy with that they call them warriors, red tails, whatever. I'll adjust very well. I hope they keep the colors. Right. The goal for me is very special. But if they decide to change it, hey, man, there's nothing I can do about it. No, there's not. And I was going to ask you about that, too, because, again, when you I think it's one thing to I didn't grow up here. I've Mm -hmm. covered this team for a long time, but I didn't grow up here. I didn't play for them like you did. So I just have a different perspective. But I'm curious for you, what are the things that you say? I really, you know, is the colors, the, the marching band, the fight song. What are the things that mean the most to you? Yeah. You say, I, you know, you got to keep this going forward. Well, no, you don't have to keep any of it if they decide to change it. I'm I, Whatever they go to, I will adjust to it. Right. I think most people have to. Yeah, have to I, I just think that, I mean, the Stanford, I grew up the Stanford Indians. Right. And they went, you know, St. John's was the Red Men. Right. I, this is nothing new. We've seen this before. And when it comes to a financial, a educational institution, they don't hesitate. Right. I, teach people things and be practicing. It's, it's, it's insane. So they jump to it. And we've had broadcasters over the years that, you know, certain networks don't refer to them. We really get the short end of the stick on a lot of things when it comes to me. I'll never forgive them for leaving the burgundy and gold off of the logos that were for national television, a network. Right. That doesn't happen by accident. No. You know, we seem to get the short end of every stick. So it's like somebody or some force it moves against us. I know I'm sensitive to it, but if that's an underlining factor, let's eliminate it. You know, and um, 
And let's find something. Would I like to have a link to Native Americans through this, through whatever it is? Yeah, I really would. But I covered the tip Washington Federals. Yeah, I thought feds was good. See, the right. thing about name, you got to have a name, and it's got to have a nickname. Right, right, you know, right. Not but yeah. we call the boys. We right, were scared. Right. You know, people went. So when you start talking about the red tails, I like it, but I just don't. I think if we're not very good, that could be ugly. You know, it's tails just, got tails I, kicked again. I start thinking about that, but yeah. in what it represents in, in the Tuskegee Airmen, that's prideful. But right. I don't. See, I just there's only so much ground we're going to be able to cover through all this. We're not going to rewrite everything in six months. Right, right, right. It's take, it's going to take twenty years. It just we're just beginning right now to try to understand one another. Right. To try to a lot of. Caucasians and Europeans are learning what it's like to be black and be brown. And they haven't had a reason to pay a lot of attention because it was reversed. I'd be just as ignorant because it wouldn't even enter my day. Right. And it doesn't. It it, it doesn't. It it, It doesn't. doesn't. Why why would it? Police car comes behind you. You go, hey, officer, you know, me, my hands are clenched on the wheel. My hands are up. It's a completely different experience. What you yeah. tell your kids is what different than what I told mine. Yeah. I don't wear hoodies in cars. I don't I don't have on shades and a hoodie. Dry. Oh, no. Why would I do that? I should be able to, but I don't. Right. So we right. learn how to how to navigate through society. But I'm not looking for any of these window dressing changes. They can change the name. They can do whatever they want to do. But until we have a seat at the owner's meetings, then to me, they're all talk. Yeah. You know, until what happened this offseason in the hiring, I mean, you, you just can't – there's no way you can justify the hottest coordinator in the country on the hottest team, and he don't get a sniff. I mean, it, yeah. it's just I was there's so many things, there's so many things that happen that are ridiculous. So the NFL needs to check itself. And when right. you get into inclusion – I'll be able to look at you in a different way. But in the meantime, all lip service. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I talked to somebody um, earlier this year about, you know, diverse staffs and all that. He goes, it's it's one thing to have diverse staff, but who has the power? That's what they said. That's goes. it wasn't he wasn't knocking that. But his point was, until you get the power, you're not going to affect the change. So but but I am curious, too, on, on the name thing. Have you heard much from other alumni? And what's been the general reaction when you talk to some guys that you played with? No, I mean, I I haven't been on. I'll be on the air tomorrow. And um, no, I really haven't because it's it's, they didn't ask. In other words, no one has called me or anybody that I know that's been here for 30 or 40 years to ask their opinion. So it's kind of unfair to Ron and his group. They just hit time. Yeah, and the first time I heard Ron Rivera not be the dominant leader that he is was when they asked him that question. When the people in the meeting, he said, I don't think that now is the right time. Well, you know, that's right. not the right answer. Right. And then to hear that if he was discussing this two weeks ago, then that wouldn't have yeah. that was, that was an inappropriate answer. It, so he was covering his tail, as, he, as I would have done as well. Right. And, and for Dan Snyder to have come out years ago and said, never. When you say it's unlikely, that's acceptable. Never means you know something that I don't know. You know, it, it, it came across harshly. The all caps. Part. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was very. 
bold in that there was more to it than the answer. And so I find that any member of a minority group that's insensitive to anything that would affect them, to me, I need to have his explanation as right. to what prompted never. And we may never, I don't know. But either way, um, the bigger story is that you've got partners that want out. Right, right. You know, that to me is way bigger. And Why what is we're that? Well, it's because you're trying to develop stability. And I don't, you, the coaches have one job. The other job is upstairs. The great programs are on the same page upstairs. Right. That's where it starts. Absolutely. You know? And to me, that's got to be the thing. The Cook, Bethard, Gibbs trio. That was a winning combination, you know, yep. of your three state. I mean, we got, I don't expect my leadership to not come from that group first. You know, that, that can't be any confusion. You know, we've seen what that looks like. When they're confused at the top, the rest of us are confused. We don't, we, it's no stability. Right. So by them tightening that knot on what they want, I will respect and follow it because the fans that enter these stadiums that are on the road that love the program and follow us all over, they deserve the best. They deserve the best. And so hopefully this will be a smooth, it'll be something that kind of puts us together because right now we're fragmented. The right. fan base is fragmented. The staff is new. The front office now is is new. We got right. a lot of new. So I hope it happens before the season so we all are in it together. Right. Because you know, there are a lot of people that are really teed off. They oh, hate the fact that they change. So yeah. we're going to have to deal with that. And that's what I wonder, too, because like you said, on the road, you know, I know the home attendance has been bad, but on the road, there's still a lot of people showing up. We like to be wonder, Do you? Yeah. Do you wonder – would a name? Do you think a name change would keep people away, or is it just going to be awkward? And then, if you're winning, it doesn't matter. It'll be a little awkward. We'll also attract attract people. There have been people yep. that have, that have just turned their back. So it'll be a it'll, you know people sports people. We're all fickled. Yes, maybe so. You pick up thirty thousand people in a week. You know what I mean? It's great. If Dwayne Haskins plays well, then they pick up even more. We have 17 to nothing, John. I'm standing over there. I'm in shock. I'm going, are you kidding me? I was in shock, too. I'm going, okay, Gruden got this thing going. I thought this was the lot. He benches his his most decorated player, the MVP of the year before. And we're up 17 to nothing. I'm thinking, this dude may have the right stuff. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the unthinkable. A fast guy that you know about because he plays for you gets over the top. Right. What? what? I mean, what, what? how does that happen? And then all <laughs> of a sudden, from that point on, that was it. Boom. You went yeah. the whole thing. Well, and let's talk about on the field stuff, too, because we're looking forward to the season here. And hopefully they get back in there and hopefully they play. What are you most looking for? Because we didn't see him the spring. So what are you most looking forward to seeing? when they hit the field, how they practice, what they wear. I'm waiting to see them. If they wear pads, I'll be <laughs> screwed. I want to hear it. I'm going to have my eyes closed. I want to hear practice. You hear, you should hear a good practice. Right. You know, and it, you, it's got, I'm sorry. It's a contact sport. The thing I admire about Tom Brady the most, every time I see him in the offices, he got a helmet and shoulder pads on. 
Right. Because he gets it. You know, this is what I play in, so I need to be so comfortable in it that it's like I'm not even wearing it. Our guys is always a shock because they're always in shorts and, and helmets and everything is so against contact, against physical preparation. And you end up paying for it. Our September suck because we're never ready. It's like college. College does it without a preseason. They roll right into it. They also have contact spring football that pros don't. Right. It's a, it's a contact sport. I'm sorry, but what? we we've been so worried about injuries and people in that. You got to play the game. You got to play, and I think Ron runs his camp like more like Gibbs. Well, like with Joe, you know, it was live five plays. Yeah, Joe. Joe liked to Joe liked to run those practices with like that. The other thing too, Doc, along those lines, like I think we've talked about this before. What I'm curious to see with that is, in terms of practice, the approach on the field, not just the hitting, but is it more business like? Is it more crisp? Yeah, patriot like. Yeah. yeah, that that year the Patriot, the year we saw the Patriots was so eye opening. Completely different. They looked alike. You know, that's the year we had guys out there with gold tape on their face, man, a clown show, you know? <laughs> and and these guys looked like it was, it was, it was, wow, very orchestrated. Not a lot of crap going on. They knew what they had to do. And when they scored nine out of 10 times when they got inside the plus 10, it was like, it was all started at the same time. They were so much further ahead. Now, yeah. it's not fair to compare them to anybody, but that's where I want to be. And I think the way Ron practices, the way Ron played under guys, the way Ron has shown he first of all, that's the difference when you have a defensive leadership. I prefer my head coaches to be defensive minded. Because to me, offensive coordinators are disposable. I can get up. But defensive people that lead the whole team has a different air about it. Because it's less BS on yeah. the defense. Yeah. Defensive people defending changes your attitude a little bit. And so we get too hung up on the creativity of offense. Now, the creativity is blowing up a gap and also the way in which they're running the 4-3. I don't like reading the – I don't need you to read nothing but the paper after the game. I need you – that ball is not like the Niners, like the old Vikings, let's get upfield and create right. havoc. We got all this talent up front, and it's not utilized the right way. We might as well have not had them. If I'd have known they were going to do that with them, we should have got receivers and DBs. Right. And you know, you know what I'm looking forward to with that up front is you talk about creativity, the way the Niners used guys up front last year. I think the Redskins can easily, if they want to, do the same thing with the talent they have, with the way that young, the way that young and Montez swept their length. Are you kidding? Those guys coming inside on a stunt with that length? You want to yeah. jam up the passing lane. That's yeah. just like I I really am that's the thing I think I'm looking most forward to seeing is how too. they are they you know, are they going to be creative with it? And not just I felt like too often last year there were too many times where it was like early on it was like well, we're just going to let these guys win their one on one battles. Then it was like they watched the Jets destroy them up front, and then they started using some of the Jets' tactics, the lines, the stunts in future games. It's like I was talking to someone about this last week, and they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of what it was." Like it's like, "Oh, that's what you can do." I want to see these guys coming and do that. Well, again, their philosophy, Del Rio is proof. They all have track records. We've right. all their bodies of work, and we know that T 
two defensive guys. Basically, Scott Turner can be innovative. He's developing his deal. These guys are they're already proven. And you know, a new an offensive line coach is very well respected. Then it comes down to the players and Dwayne and these receivers and tight ends and other six people that are candidates. We got to get two guys that can play. Right. <clears throat> you know, we, we got to play with tight ends in the run game and the passing game. Right. So, and I'm really excited about the pilot. I like, I like all the prospects um, that are there. Now it's going to be up to them. They have opportunity and let's see what happens. What, what are your expectations for Dwayne? Well, I mean, Dwayne is pretty much his entire football career has performed at a very high level. Yeah. And so now that he's locked in and understand. And you guys seem to be locked in. Oh, he's locked in now. He's locked in. Yeah. And so now he needs help. And this is where the most important part of your team we haven't even mentioned. And that's the offensive line. And so we need the big Wahoo had no offseason surgery for the first time in four years. Right. Um, and that's important because he had an ankle. Yeah, when you have surgery and you're that big, you're really set back. So all the way across the front, everybody's mending up, no excuses. You know, and now it's time to find out who those seven guys are going to be that are interchangeable parts that knock people off the ball and protect the quarterback. I think our running backs are going to be exciting. Somebody, we know AP is going to post. That's you right. put your, put your, put your life on you know that. What, you know what you're going to get out of him. We need these young'uns to come up and push him and push him. And yeah. uh, we'll see. We got enough of them to see. All we need is one. Yeah, I'm, with I'm with you on Haskins. It feels like he's he's. It doesn't feel like he certainly he certainly appears that that he had a really good off season as far as his approach to what he needed to do. I also yeah. wonder like it, it may take him a little bit of time to get going this year, just like the whole team because it's so new. But I do think I could really see a situation where he play has a really good finish, and I think that would be very welcome for everybody because if he does well. I don't care what the name is. If he starts doing well, people are going to be excited. Well, and then Allen, I mean, you've got a young man who knows the system. So yeah, that's yeah. true. The question is, who's the third? I'm really uncomfortable because I know we got a third guy in there that can play. Right. I mean, we need – I mean, because that you can't you can't let a hangnail kill your season. Last, last thing I want to ask you about is, we, you know, Joe Bugle died recently. What's your favorite Joe Bugle memory? You got one? No, they're all they all run together with me, and it's just about how he could light you up and hug you up with the same enthusiasm. Right. The passion in which he had for his units and his how they practice, and then one on ones and that live work, and you know he um, by putting the hogs together. He changed the whole personality of the team. Right. You know, and when your goal, it was such an unselfish approach to protect Joe and to open up creases so John and Joe could get to the second level. And everybody was committed to letting those guys get to the second level. And that was your job. And if you now, how many times have we seen people in the last five, six years get hit behind the line of scrimmage? Quite a bit. And that's unacceptable. 
If yeah. you can't secure a place you know you're going, how the hell can that be a surprise? You know where you're going. I, to, I've been so confused. I just go, okay, I, I don't get I've never understood the run game and pass game mesh. It just seemed uncoordinated. It oh, seemed it's like definitely, yeah. it, it didn't you know what I mean? Our run yeah. game, you didn't know if it was gut and it, or it was going to a play act. It all looked the same. So you freeze yep. linebackers. Our deal, they're blitzing. I mean, we got people hitting the backfield, John, more than 25 times I can think of. Yeah. It's just no, like it our third and nine, and our receivers run seven yards. It happened so often, yeah. or third and long, and they get it. Our percentages on third down are abominable. You can't be good. The money down in the NFL is third down. Santana Moss, what is he, a third down killer? Right. All our stars are third down high performers. Well, you can't be last on third down offensive defense to tell me that it's not a problem that disseminates through your entire organization. They don't get it. There's a time to pay all this money. For what you do on third down, it's all the detail. Make plays. If you can't yeah, make I, plays, we gotta get somebody else to can. Right, and, and you know, to me, situational football That's details, it. and I I felt like the details were lacking, and so we'll we'll see this year. I mean, I, I think that's also that where good. Chase Young. That's also where Chase Young is going to impact on third downs on defense. That's we'll what. Right. That's why you're drafting him number two overall to come. Yeah, in and the young kid out of North Carolina, we don't know he might be just as good. See, that's the right. beauty of it. There's a Joe Jacoby. There's a Daryl Grant. There's a Monty Coleman. Out of all that, that draft stuff is real cool. We celebrate it, but that's not what I look at. Right. I don't care who it is. I'm looking for somebody that's hungry to come out yeah. there and and be a top performer or a first round pick. But where they're drafted to me. I love the draft. I love everything about it. But after that, it means absolutely nothing. We were in dead last place on third down with three or four first-round picks sprinkled all through the what, – what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Don't mean yeah, what? You're right. And that's – like I said, I am looking forward to seeing how it improves because we all know that there was a problem. And see if it's different. You know what, Doc? I just want to see football. I just want to see him on the field, and I just want to be at a stadium watching games, talking to you before the game. I know what. I love it. I'm not certain what will happen. Look, they can't get 12 guys in shorts to play basketball. They they can't. We can't get 25 guys in baseball. How the heck do you think you're going to get 80 or 90 people assembled? <laughs> and stuff? I mean, just thinking about it. We don't want to accept that. But John, uh, I know. Brace yourself. It, it, it is it is an unspoken thing where it's like you know we are planning for this, but in the back of your mind, like how are they going to pull this off? I I'm with you. I I hope to God they do. I could see it being pushed back and waiting. I don't know, but I hope I I really hope we're on the field talking football in a, in a few weeks. I'm just glad that we got a lot of young players. Yeah, I hate to have an older team. They may never play again. These young guys, we got enough puppies that they'll grow up. And I just want Ron to get them all in one room. Just they have never been together. That's it's what I mean. Crazy. And we're That's talking why. about in less than three weeks, two weeks. They've yeah. never been in the same room together. But neither, neither have the Giants, Eagles, or the Cowboys. Right. Yep. So we'll see. Doc, thank you very much. John, it's an honor. And uh I'll talk to you uh 
either tomorrow or Wednesday morning. Maybe tomorrow. Awesome. You know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we do. After this break, I'll be back with former ESPNer and current radio host in Seattle, among other jobs, John Clayton. We discussed the Redskins from a league-wide perspective. How is Dan Snyder viewed around the league? A couple months ago, I stopped into a store for a sandwich, but it was the smell of the coffee that knocked me over. That's when I fell in love with Lone Oak Coffee. I bought some of their Mexican blend and was happy for the rest of the week. Lone Oak is a small specialty-based coffee roaster company in Winchester, Virginia. They finished ninth in the nation in the U.S. Coffee Roasting Championships in 2017. They have received many awards for their house blend at the world's largest coffee roasting competition. Here's what I love about Lone Oak. They dial in each coffee to fit its best profile, bringing out the natural nuances and highlighting interesting flavors. I'm drinking their Brazilian blend now with a mix of nutty and almond flavors. They have coffees from all over the world. I love their smooth Colombian with hints of cocoa and caramel apple. Go to LoneOakCoffee.com, L-O-N-E-O-A-K, coffee.com. And when you order, use the code COFFEE2020. That's COFFEE2020. You will receive a 5% discount with free shipping on any orders over $25. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Now I'm joined by reporting legend John Clayton. He used to be with ESPN. Now he's got your. Now you're doing some columns for the Washington Post on radio in Seattle. All sorts of good stuff. Very honored to be joined by him. And John, I want to start. I want to get into the name stuff and the ownership stuff, but I also want to talk about your thoughts on your going forward with the season. I mean, do you think this they're going to be able to pull this off, and we're going to actually have football this year? What is the feeling that you get? I think they will. Because- still enough time to get uh, things done. I mean, you notice uh, as the week is going on, they're getting the protocols agreed upon. You know, you can see that the schedule still stands, that they can start the season as far as training camp, 25th to the 29th of July, then have 47 days before everybody gets to going. I don't know about the preseason game. I tend to think that there may be, at the very most, it's going to be two, but players don't want two. But I think everything seems to be on schedule because once you get everybody inside their headquarters, then it's a little bit more protected. Got to make sure that the players go out and party too much and do that. But if everybody takes care of themselves, then I think they take care of this season. In people you talk to, do they share that optimism? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, naturally, you know, the way things are and as bad as it is with the virus and that, I mean, everybody's concerned. Everybody right. has doubts. But I think that uh, you can see the plan still seems to be there because, you know, there's going to be adjustments. They're going to, you know, they have to see if they want smaller rosters as far as training camp. But, I mean, I think you can see that they can protect everybody as best they can. There's still going to be positive tests. I mean, again, if you start camp with 3,000 players and you have that 5% positive rate, you're going to have 150 players test positive. Right. In days, they should be okay because, again, these guys are young. But overall, I think what you're looking at is that uh, you know, all systems seem to be go right now, barring any kind of other stuff. And then, uh, you know, be, again, before I get to other stuff, Ron Rivera, new coach, has a lot of power here. Is he the, you know, and, and we've seen him, you know, he's, he's the face of the franchise right now. Is this a good role for him? Because there is a lot of responsibility that comes with it. It is, as long as he delegates. Because, you know, having people in the personnel office work on the personnel. Uh, he can work on the coaching staff. I mean, right now, his biggest thing, 
He's pulling everything together for the team to get the team up to speed. And that's that's certainly going to start, you know, in the 28th or so uh, of July. But, uh, you know, again, this isn't a situation I think is like, you know, Bill O'Brien or Bill Belichick. And again, he does have control, but he has other trusted people working with him that uh, can make the job a little bit easier. Do you think, you know, one thing that the coaches have lost here is that buffer between the owner and the coaching staff? Do you think that would be a big deal here going forward? No, because I think Ron can handle it. But that's the one okay. thing. I mean, he's been around long enough. He's he, you know, he's very smart. He's very capable. And he's also, you know, he's not he's humble in the sense that, again, he's willing to work with everybody. And so I think, you know, he can make this thing work. Again, just the right to make – and, again, his – philosophy as far as personnel is that yeah you get some players in free agency you know you maybe get depth and things like that but you build through the draft and so i think he felt good about the way the draft went and that building process now has to continue over the next couple of years yeah and it's you know it's funny because like for a coach like him coming in this spot i just keep thinking like the second half of the year is written you're going to really have to measure this group because of the situation there it's a new coach with this young quarterback and and the new parts on offense, it just, it's a difficult recipe to get off to a fast start. But if you can finish strong, I think people here would be fairly happy. He's been through this, okay? In 2011, right. he took over Carolina. He was able to uh, work with the first-year quarterback in uh, you know, Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a very good season. The team wasn't that good, so they didn't have the wins and all those positive things. But what they did, what you can see that he was able to think to make this thing grow. So of the five new coaches, I think he has one of the best chances to get that situation, start turning things around, and then try to get that good finish. Okay, now let's go to the name because that's been the big thing, and and obviously, and in what has been the reaction in, with the people you've talked to in league circles? Do they feel like it's time? Do they feel like it's going to hurt the brand? What's been the reaction? Well, it's still late. I mean, it, uh, it would have been better if this thing happened many years ago. But now the fact you can see it's right. going to happen, I think that uh, there's a general acceptance because, you know, with the way that uh, Dan Snyder put out the statement on Friday saying that he's now been in, in, intensely evaluating and trying to come up with a, a plan, uh, I think you can see that that plan is going to be to make this change sooner rather than later. That's why I think that so much is going to be there to get something done before the start of the season because I think if it goes into the then there's going to be some problems. Uh, certainly get the problem as far as they're trying to work with the new stadium people in D.C. to see if they can get something done there. It's what's going to be, you know, merchandise moving, stuff like that. So I think it's, again, it comes down to one name, and you make that one name change. You just have to come up with uh, something that's appealing and something that's going to work. But I know it's going to Do you think, was there pressure on him before from the league in the past to do this? From the league, no, not really, because I think there was a general acceptance that they knew he was not going to change it. You know, there may have been times over the last couple of years where maybe there's dialogue about it, but uh, it wasn't because it's the one thing in the NFL, this is pretty much in every sport, it's like, okay, the league office works for the owners, and the owners really do dictate how they want their franchise. And so there wasn't going to be any demand to make any kind of a change. There would be conversations about it. But I think that uh, you know now the way this has kind of worked out, even though, again, it, should, it would have been great if it happened years ago, it's now to the point where I think everybody accepts that he's changing the name, and that's, that's the right thing to do. Can they, you know, one of the names tossed about has been the Warriors. And, you know, people there – you know, some people want to keep that Native American imagery with them. Would that be a problem, do you think? 
Well, it depends. I think I, I think th- we're probably at that stage where everybody's kind of over evaluating things. I mean, what right. what would be a warrior? I mean, a warrior can go back into the uh, you know the old days with uh, you know. It's like, does it have to be an Indian? No, it doesn't. I think right. it could be right. A warrior is you know somebody who goes out there and fights. I mean, that goes back right. into the old days. And so it's like I think that if everybody starts to break it down like that, then they're over evaluating it. That's why. Right. Warriors can be a very acceptable name because I mean you go back into the nineteen uh, in, in the thousands and you know the way back I mean when anybody was back, right. they're called a warrior. Right. Do, uh, will the Chiefs be next? Do you think? Do they have to? Do they have to do anything, or is this is that kind of along what you're just saying, overvaluating? Mm, probably overvaluating, but again, I think it's going to be a conversation, and then we'll see how they handle that conversation because the uh, you know there hasn't been a big cry here in the first week at least that I've heard and I don't think the chiefs have heard it uh, to, to make that change and so uh, well, we all know that the Indians reacted very quickly because on the day that Dan Snyder put out his statement you know, right. they that they're evaluating it the Braves came out and they said hey we're not going to change the chiefs right. haven't said anything yet but uh, so far I haven't seen the overall criticism of the chiefs name. As it turns out, we'll see how it goes. And then now with the ownership group, now, you know, the, the reports have been that the three minority owners, Bob Rothman, Fred Sharp, Fred Smith, all want to sell. I know some people I've talked to are shocked that Rothman is included in that because they he was a part of the Revere interview process, et cetera. But if, if that's all true, what kind of a loss is this for Dan Snyder and the Redskins? Well, I mean, it's a big change. And so you have to find, okay, if you're going to sell, who's going to be buying those shares that you're going to respect, like, and work out? So this is a major overhaul if, indeed, that they do get the ability to sell it. I mean, I'm more surprised about Fred Smith. I mean, going back when he, you know, bought the minority share of his choice, you know, I thought that they've always been close. Now I guess we found out that through the years some things have not worked out and the relationship is now strained to the point where, you know, he's demanding the same change, you know, with his – with the FedEx Stadium, and so trying to say that uh, he wants out. So I, I don't know where the uh, break came, but there's definitely a break, and that's a that that's now solved. Do you think it'll be easy to find more? Because I, it, it might be hard to find just three investors to take their place, but will it be hard to find other investors if they want? If Snyder, Dan Snyder, because Dan Snyder is white, his his um, sister and his mom own 60 percent. Will it be hard for them to find got people? To invest well based on what we're hearing from the three minority owners you know they've had no luck so far and so they're right. trying shares and so uh, you'd have to say it's going to be somewhat difficult but again there's enough money people out there that would want to do it and i don't think i mean as much money as dan has made through the years it's not out of the question that you know he takes more of a controlling share interest maybe buying into that so i think it's a matter that okay who wants in and like anything else, it was like funny. We saw the XFL fold, and uh, you think, well, there's nobody's going to be there. It turns out there's like more than two dozen people that want to try to see if they can resurrect it and are going to be bidding for it. So you know, that's that's the big mystery now. It's like, okay, I'm sure Dan has some names that are interested. We just don't know who they are. Do you? And and I've been told by people that they don't think Dan would sell, but after these last week or so. I don't know that anybody's ever going to be surprised by anything. Do you ever, do, have you ever, would you ever get the sense that he would ever want to sell? I mean, uh, not knowing how he's handling it, uh, I think there's 
a, a, a slight possibility that he might. You know, I think the one thing that would resolve it is, of course, if they can work out some kind of a deal, Dan and D.C. about the new stadium, then I don't think that right. will happen. It's going to be a problem you know, with the stadium and all that stuff. There might be a 10 percent chance that maybe, you know, he, he goes a different direction and sells the team. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's so tied up in his identity. And some people have said that it's such a young team that I think he'd want to see where he can go with this team, et cetera. What's his reputation in league circles? I mean, you know, he's pretty independent. Uh, there's obviously a respect for his business uh, ability because, again, you know, how he's worked money up to get, be able to buy the team and all that stuff. You know, certainly, like anything else, he's very competitive, and that may irritate some of the other owners. But I think he's I think he's, he's respected. I don't think there's any question about that. The one thing I always heard, too, is like, and, you know, obviously – Dan has, you know, he's got his own reputation in the broader sense, too, that there are a lot of owners who maybe don't necessarily like him. Is that do you feel like that's accurate? And does that matter? Uh, it doesn't matter because, uh, you know, again, it, it, I think that there's enough people that like him that uh, it's not too big of a problem. But like anything else uh, through the years, particularly in a competitive situation, you may rub some people the wrong way. And sure. they may but it's not as if you know, he's a hated owner or anything like that. I think he's respected. And. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, they, I think everybody respects the fact that, I mean, he's got now, you know, one of the more worthy teams as far as value, the way he's worked it. Now the big thing he has to do is get everything in order internally and then start winning some of the fans back. He's also, and that's right, and I think he's also a very shy person at his core. And I think that doesn't, I think that doesn't always help him in social settings. But I agree with you, like, if they win – people will come back. And if they win, people will accept whatever changes are about to take place. Don't oh, you think? I would agree with that. And that's anything else. Uh, you know, the negative, the ones that are more negative are the ones that are continuing to lose. I mean, you see the problems that have been going in so many years, but if they start to win, then everything kind of resolves itself. So, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, I think the one thing that is where the respect factor is, is what everybody respects, what he feels about what, give as far as the team he's spend he's willing to you know make whatever they can and you know desire to have a team all there sometimes unfortunately you make mistakes in personnel you make mistakes sometimes in coaching and all those things that's helping things but you know everybody i think understands grew up a redskin fan and he redskin fans a winning team john thank you very much for coming on hey thank you After this break, I'll be back with Rick Snyder, who has written about the team for more than 30 years, and he grew up here. He provides a stadium update in addition to other thoughts from a native Washingtonian. Now I'm joined by my longtime friend, longtime Washington, D.C. sports reporter Rick Snyder, grew up in Washington, followed the Redskins when he was younger, covered them when he was older, and still writes about them. So, Rick, I just want to start with all the stuff, obviously, with the name change. I'm curious your thoughts on this, given your background. I know he's looking at several. We've all heard the names. I hate most of them. And if it's a halfway measure or with Warriors, if they're still American Indian, no one's going to be happy. I don't like that they're – that this change is coming from outside of Washington with right. the cancel culture. They just want another notch on their belt and they'll move on to the next statue. And, and that upsets me a bit. 
if people in Washington really hated this game, you know, we don't need outsiders to tell us our business. Um, I wish it had been more organic. Um, but that said, if he changes it, I hope I'd like to see a complete change. Go ahead and retire the burgundy and gold colors. Do the whole thing. Start new. Be a red, white, and blue like everybody else in town. Be a nation's capital team. I'm not sure what name I'd use yet, but because uh, I want to sell that to Snyder if he wants to use it. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think he. I just. I don't know. I, I find it sad that this is how it's going to go. Just like you know, Kansas City Chiefs. I think they'll have to change now. And the New York Giants, I'm tired of those big guys pushing people around. I think they got to go. So, you know, what names are left, you know? It's going to be down to, you know, the yellows versus the greens, and the greens offend me. <laughs> well, and when you – because, like, that's the thing I'm curious about, how many people would want to make a clean break, you know, because it seems like a lot of people would want to hang on to the burgundy and gold colors and, and hold on to some of those traditions. How, do you think people would accept that kind of a clean break? I think it won't be. He'll, he'll try and hang on. I mean, nobody's not going to a game because of the name. You know, the only people left are the diehards. You know, we've seen the last few years. Right. Uh, you know, anywhere from five to 15,000 is all that's left, given the game. The rest are visiting fans. You know, those are diehard Redskins fans who will continue to support the team. They right. won't like it. Give it three, five years from now, they'll have moved on. And I think everybody will. Three, five years from now, at the most, it'd be hail to bluebirds or whatever um and, and you're stuck on that bluebirds name i like that i've already got a trademark so you can't steal it no but you know it's people will move on that's what happens in the world today we move on to everything in five minutes so yeah people wear the redskins jersey for a few years to games and that's fine um but i don't have a problem if you're gonna make a move make a real move uh, in my opinion not halfway and you know, we're sort of wink, wink, changed it, you know, that right. kind of thing. You know, don't do that, you know. And then don't, don't rush to it because, you know, in the NFL, you know, it takes a year for a player to change his number. Right. Well, how are you changing a franchise in two weeks? Right. You know, that makes no sense. No. Uh, so yeah. I, what they should do is say, we're looking at new names. We're looking to retire the Redskins after this season. We're going to spend the next few months with all of our partners, you know, whatever, and polls right. and – and, and do it that way instead of rushing to something that may not work. That would be the worst thing. Yeah, and I, like I, I think if they do do that, then, then there would have been a lot of more thought given to this before, long before we knew. Um, and I'm not sure that there was. I think that there may have been some times where Dan Snyder may say, well, if we did have to change it, I would have this or this. Um, but I don't know that that's the case. Um, how do you think, like, you know, because – we know that the city officials in D.C. have been against this name. You know, Mayor Bowser said that he wanted to change it. And then Eleanor Holmes Norton was obviously very vocal against giving them the ability to go back to RFK if this changes. Now they're, you know, of course, if it changes, they seem like they would welcome them. But is it that simple that name change equals back in RFK's area? Well, going back to RFK would be like running a 100-yard hurdle course. The name knocks down a few of the hurdles for them, but there's still a lot of hurdles right. left. I mean, site remediation, for instance. They built four new soccer fields last year next to RFK, one of the old parking lots. The soil remediation and stuff costs $30 million, plus the soccer fields. So we spent like $35 million plus for four soccer fields. Yeah. Now, what do you think it's going to cost for a new stadium? Right. You know, kind of thing. 
And, you know, that's, that's, that's one. Two is they don't have a lease for the land yet. And this current president is in no mind to give a city that voted 94% against them uh, any favors. So right. if they change presidents in January, that could make a difference. Uh, maybe. I don't know how Biden feels about stuff if he wins. Um, you know, the, the local citizens, man, they got pitchforks and, and, you know, torches ready to fight this thing. And they're much better to do it than they used to. I would not underestimate the citizens against this. Uh, I know the local ANC commissioner and, man, they're, they're ready for war. And that's not an easy thing. I mean, Mayor Gray went to this group a few years ago expecting a pep rally. And they literally threw his butt out on the street right. and said, don't come back. I mean, so there's those things. There, there's, and then the, you know, the government probably could put up a good sweetheart deal on the land, but DC's not really in any position to pay for things. And here's where a lot of things suddenly come into play this week. The Washington Post did a great job in reporting that the minority owners want out, but the right. key was they own 40% of the team. Right. And I was shocked by that. I thought Dan owned about 80. You know, now, if he only owns 60% of the team, how's he going to be able to mortgage? You know, he's not going to be able to get any money up for this new billion-dollar stadium. He's pretty much leveraged out. Man, it's the Shark Tank episode. Right. Until you think you have no more equity to sell. Um, that's very interesting what happened there. And the city doesn't really want to throw the money at it anyway. Um, I don't think the name is a problem at all in Maryland or Virginia. But Virginia gave its money to Amazon. And Maryland gave its money to Pimlico up in Baltimore. So those big ticket items have already been paid for over there. So Snyder's on his own, and the cheapest way is to stay at Rao John, you know, next to FedEx or whatever. Uh, so he's got a, a quandary there. So I won't say never for RFK. I'm, I'm out of the never business. But <laughs> I still think it's a long, long shot. And, and you know, you're, you're right, because there are a lot, of, a lot of hurdles. And I think with the, with the minority shareholders – and I was talking to somebody yesterday who like, they're not sure that like all three of them really want to sell. So I don't, and I, I don't know that, I'm not saying this, that it's inaccurate. I think there was some people who were surprised by some the inclusion of like Bob Rothman, for example. Don't know, haven't heard to the contrary that he's not going to do it. But could, could he get more? I mean, well, they're looking for more investors too. So how, how likely is it that you think he could find more investors to help that? I think the hard part is no one wants to buy 40% to be Dan Snyder's silent partner. I mean, right. you know, you're going to spend a billion dollars and have no say in things. Right. So I think they're going to have a real hard time selling those shares. Now, uh, here's the key, I think, too, is if that group decides, you know, we you really need to sell it all, you know, to get a buyer. So let's just say like Jeff Bezos. He's not coming in. To, he could buy the 40%, but he doesn't want to be minority partner. Right. I would say they somehow can try and force Snyder to sell his shares as a group sale. And that does happen in corporations all the time where minority partners can force the group sale. Um, you know, I think I saw the day yesterday. I thought it was the day I first thought Dan Snyder won't own his team forever. I, I was the first time I really, because I think these kind of things matter. And he could get, he could sell it down for a good price and not have to pay for a new stadium and, you know, it might be the time to get out. I don't think he will right away, but but now it's in the minds of set. But, you know, Fred Smith, one of the minority partners, has always wanted to buy this team. Right. He blew it. You know, Snyder outmaneuvered him back in 99. Um, you know, Fred Smith right. could buy this team if he wanted. Right. And I think I think that wouldn't 
I think he's been – I know he obviously wanted into the NFL, and, and so we'll see. But, um, with, you know, it's funny with Dan because, like, you know, you talk to people who know him well, and they're like, at one point before all these statements came out a week ago, someone told me, like, I think he would sell the team before he changed the name. Now, clearly, I don't think that's the case. And I talked to other people who know him well, say this is too much part of his identity for him to change. Plus, I think in, this is the scenario for him. In his mind, he sees young team, new coach, chance to maybe finally build something that might be good for a few years if Dwayne Haskins, for example, plays the way that people hope, et cetera, and, and if Chase Young comes through, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's some reason for him to stick around for a couple of years. But, you know, if it doesn't – if it go, keeps going south, you wonder what is the end game for him. Well, you know, he's never going to be the squire. And you and I knew Jack Kent Cook. Right. He was a mean old man. I mean, was, <laughs> he was a mean old man. Right. Really a mean old man. Dan Snyder can't even touch how mean old man Jack was. Yeah. And Jack's mad at me right now for using his first name, you know, from the grave. <laughs> so, um, you know, but those three Super Bowl trophies made him the beloved squire. Right. Well, Dan's never getting that kind of, of love from this town. Never, ever. I don't care if they even win a Super Bowl. It, it might get him up to tolerable in public opinion. Um, so you're not staying for that. And, and it's not like Dan walks around anyway asking, how am I doing? Uh, you know, he's isolated in his, you know, he's been living in right. Europe and nobody can do. Right. So, you know, there's, to, stay, to stay to try and change your legacy like that, I don't see that working either. He's got a chance. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of friends in the league or, yeah, you know, no, he on the team anymore. You know, I mean, who thought we'd miss Bruce Allen? I mean, that's the, one of the other relevations. And that, that's the last thing I was going to ask you, too, is along those lines, because Bruce Allen had the ability to, to, to work with the politicians. Obviously, it can be done without Bruce Allen, but how hard is it going to be if it's just Dan leading this charge to go and do this? I mean, what do you hear? You, you followed the stadium stuff for a while. What do, you, what do you think the chances of him being able to pull it off are? Well, you and I have been around Dan long enough to know that he's really an introvert. He likes right. to pretend he's an extrovert. He has right. a lot of bluster at times, but I see that as insecurity the way he does it. And so he's not good at going into meetings where he doesn't know people, doesn't know what kind of advantage in a room he could have. You know, Cook went in the room and grabbed it. Snyder right. won't. Snyder's a quieter guy. Right. Um, so I think that hurts his ability to make fast friendships like Bruce could. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bruce is in there, and in two minutes you're laughing about some joke and having a beer, and, and you're friends. But right. that's not what Dan does. Uh, so he needs – obviously he'll hire somebody to help him with this. But I remember when Jack Kent Cook was looking at Maryland, and I, I knew he was coming to see the governor. So I went to the Maryland State House and stayed out of the lobby and waited for Cook. Cook walks in there by himself, no one else. Hmm. And he looks at me and sees me and goes, where's the governor's office? So I take him over there. And meanwhile, I ask him a bunch of questions that he won't answer. <laughs> but <laughs> I had to take him over to the governor's office. And I thought, now, what do you think when Dan Snyder shows up at the governor's office? You think there isn't five guys walking around him? You know, Cook just walked in. But Cook didn't have the confidence to know, hey, whatever, man, I'm Jack Kent Cook. Um, and, you know, Dan doesn't have that. So. I don't know. I, my money is still betting on Rao John being it. Okay. But, um, man, I tell you, this has been the craziest couple weeks since the team sailed back in 99. No doubt. Never, that was insanity. This one's, this one's ranking right near it. It, it. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's pretty much robbed us all of a chance to have a normal summer. So, but that's, this is not a normal time. So I'm not complaining here. So um, Rick, why don't you tell people where they can find you and then any books maybe that you still have to plug. The funny thing is, since this Redskins name change has happened, my book sales on Amazon have been skyrocketing. I don't understand that at all, but thank you for buying them. Uh, out <laughs> that's there, but 100, that's what, is it 100 things Redskins fans must know before they die? Yeah, so in the pandemic age, you got to hurry up and buy this thing <laughs> before we all go. <laughs> so, you know, the book is there. It's, it's been out six years. It has a lot of great Redskins stories. Yeah, if you look. It does. It's, I guess it's a really fun book. I use it as re- I use it as part for research, too. So it's fun to read, quick read, good, good knowledge. Yeah, then, most of it's true, so, you know, you can <laughs> figure for that. Uh, you know, I still write for uh, SI, the Redskins page on SI, and right. uh, 106.7 The Fan, still there, and uh, we still have Warpath Magazine, though I guess we're going to change the name of that, uh, that covers the team, and, uh, you know, I kind of do whatever for a dollar, you know, <laughs> and, although clients are disappearing with their dollars, but uh, still still there, getting ready to turn 60 soon, so uh, I'll be the, your official old Ricky at that point. Yeah, no, no doubt. Hey, Rick, thanks a lot for coming on. Great knowledge as always. And folks, give them a follow on Twitter too at Snide Remarks. So thanks, Rick. All right, see you. That's it for this week. Don't forget to visit LoneOakCoffee.com and use promo code COFFEE2020 for your discount. Thank you to Doc Walker, John Clayton, and Rick Snyder for coming on and providing good information and a packed show. And thank you, as always, for listening. It's an interesting time for for Redskins fans, and I don't discount any emotion that people are going through with this name change as a fan regarding all of this. Personally, I don't take any of it lightly. Next week, it's back to football talk, I hope, with former Redskins safety Matt Bowen. Talk to you next time.